0: Hi there, welcome to episode 9 of the Owl and Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are looking at what's happening in the world through a Christian biblical worldview. And uh, today on this episode we're going to be looking um, a little bit at what the church is and and its role and just unpicking a little bit of the things that have happened in the last two years. And trying to make a little bit of sense of that, um, but also obviously at the moment the the, the world is in in uh, uh, turmoil in terms of Ukraine and and Russia and and what's happening there. And that that's that's obviously a you know we recognise that that's a a big big thing going on. Um, and it's difficult to it is very difficult to know exactly what is happening there, isn't it, Helen? To be to be honest, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I have a few friends from Ukraine um I know you do too and I know the situation there is complicated Mm. the history is complicated I'm not sure it's as straightforward as we're being made to led to believe in the um the media generally uh I think we need to be praying definitely for the people of Ukraine and for those affected the Russians affected as well um yeah. yeah, it's not not straightforward, is it?
0: No, it's not. No. And you know, we um, both of us we know um sort of similar people, uh the same people in fact, not just similar, but the same people who mm-hmm. who who are in Ukraine. And um yeah, we 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 saw photos of their their family, you know, sh- sheltering in their in their underground food stall they have in a garden. Um, so it is. It is real, and it and it's and it's very sad. And yeah, we really need to keep upholding them in prayer, especially for the Christians over there. That they'll be, they'll be bold, and they will have the, the God's peace. They will know that God is with them, and um, they will have courage. And I can't even begin to imagine what that situation must be like. But we can pray for them, which is which is an amazing thing to be able to be a part of doing that. Mm. Um, and I think on the kind of the the news side if the last two years have taught us anything is that it is very difficult to gain a proper understanding what's happening just by looking at the news so I think yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. whatever um news you receive on Ukraine those of you who are listening to this always be um looking at it from a a critical viewpoint and, and trying to think, okay, do I hold this lightly or, or can can I trust this source? Um, because it is very easy to get swept along with something which might not actually be true. Anyway, yeah. right. Yeah. So we wanted to um yeah, touch on and I'll say touch on because this is a huge um topic in and of itself of the church and, and its role. And um I think just start by saying the church the church is an amazing thing. It's precious and we want to be um, careful in what we say, because we're not we're not out to be um, in any shape, form critical for the sake of being critical. We definitely don't want to do that. Um, but we want to look at uh, this as people who are part of the church. But I guess the first question is: Be is what is the church? Um, and when thinking this through and and pondering it, I was struck by perhaps actually that's kind of the wrong question. Uh, because what we should be asking is, who is the church? And, and that's because the church isn't a building, uh, but actually a group of people. And there's a pastor in uh, Doxa Church in Bellevue, which is in Washington in United States, uh, Jeff Vanderstelt, Stelt, and he describes the church this way, and I think this is really helpful. He says, The church is the regenerate people of God. Saved by the power of God for the purposes of God in this world I think that's really, really helpful personally And this means that we don't stop being the church when we walk out of the building on a Sunday morning But actually through everything that we do We do as the blood brought church of God for the fame of Jesus everywhere And I I think that's pretty amazing, don't you Helen?
1: Yeah, I do. Um I, I I was interested when when I saw that word where he describes the regenerate people of God and I was thinking of um I'm often outside in my garden and uh when when you prune something or cut something back and cut the old out and what regenerates is is fresh, vigorous growth and, and I think that's that's what he's maybe how he's describing the church and that's how how we're meant to be as people of God
0: yeah absolutely because that's yeah that is that whole word regenerate isn't it like saying it's like as when you become a Christian you come under new management you have Jesus as Lord of your life you understand that there is a God who loves you and has saved you through sending Jesus to die on the cross and it gives us a new way of living and of Seeing the world around us, so as we say in the introduction to this podcast, we're, we're two Christians looking at the world through a, a Christian biblical worldview. It gives us a different worldview, which is which is amazing because it's a worldview that's ultimately one of hope. Even though there are um, lots of challenges with the worldview that we hold, and even though there's potential difficulties, and throughout history there've been potential difficulties, it is one of one of hope. Um, So just he he talks about um, regenerate people of God and saved by the power of God And this is shown in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ Jesus was raised to life by God's power And this same power is the same power that works in us As it says in Ephesians 1, 18-20 And then as a church we're here for the purposes of God We have a mission that is different from the world And Jesus tells us that we are to be the salt of the earth and we're here to make a difference. And again in Ephesians chapter 2 it tells us the good works that God has already planned for us to do. So I think Pastor Jeff's description of who the church is is really good. The regenerate people of God saved by the power of God for the purposes of God in this world. And it's really important that we understand who we are before we start to go and do the what. Um, I think as Christians, we sometimes can get it the wrong way around. What do you think, Helen?
1: Yeah, I think that's very true. I think it's really important to understand and um, keep on being reminded that we are, as every individual Christian, we are called by God, we are precious to him. We've been created for a purpose. He's given us each one of us gifts unique gifts and talents and abilities and um and he can use us however weak we may feel um and when you're talking about the that world view that we have i think that's a really important word because as christians our faith matters in every part of life and our faith can be applied to every part of life i believe so we have something to say um the bible has something to say on every part of life um and that's probably that's part of the reason that we've endeavored in this on this um podcast is to to look at all the different parts of life that affect us and what is it the bible has to say how should we be thinking as christians mm. because i think that's really important so whether it's politics economics health um our relationships um choices that we may make the environment this this god has something to say on on all of those things there's nothing that's out of bounds and it's important that we think about all of those different parts of life
0: yeah it is it totally is um and this is why it it's helpful to to remind one another, another that the church is a people it, it's it's yeah. not a building it's very easy to think of which church do you go to in other words which building do you go to on a mm-hmm. sunday and of course we have to we have to identify a particular building we're going to go to on a sunday uh, but it is the church is the the people and like you say we're called to be god's people here on his earth going about his business uh, because we're regenerate, we're made new because of Jesus, and uh, we do that in God's um, power, and we're here for God's purposes. And it's it it can be easy to forget that, I think, can't it? It can be easy to get to get sidetracked by the things and the concerns of the world, and to forget our kind of core purpose, if you like.
1: Mm. Well, I think sometimes or or often um, the world is kind of bombarding us with with all sorts of other messages that that maybe sometimes are in conflict with that. And I know I know I find that as a as a mum, for example, that um, I find sometimes I feel like the world is telling me that that job of being a mum is not that important, that my worth is in what work. I do what paid work I may or may mm-hmm. not do, rather than um, what I think is my primary purpose in this stage of life, which is being a mum. And I think, as a Christian, I have to tell myself often, "No, hold on a minute. That's that's the most important job that God has given me for this time." Yeah, um, and and therefore. He will give me everything that I need to do the best possible job I can.
0: Um, yeah, and and as an example, yeah, that and that's a brilliant one because as as a as a mum, you know, you're on that front line. You're on you're on the front line of that culture battle to raise, you know, um, you know, in your case, your boys to 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 be different to the to the world, which is a tall order, isn't it? And mm-hmm. when we're wrestling out with with all the the influences um that the that the world puts on our children it's really hard and this is why the church is so important isn't it because the church is that collective of people that really should be that collective people that are like-minded that have uh, a similar world view where you can have this um this kind of unity this common purpose of being different to the rest of the world, and it's not different for the sake of being different. It's just because we live in a fallen world, and God calls us His children to live differently. So, you know, that's that's the reality of it, isn't it? Um, yeah. And as church, we have we have some important um, habits. Um, I think habits is sometimes a negative word, but actually, I'm going to it's a positive one in this case of things like gathering together once a week, normally as a, as a minimum, but we tend to think of gathering on a Sunday to, to worship, to pray, to sing, to hear the Bible read, to share communion, baptize new believers every now and again that's that's a great thing, and enjoying being in one another's company, as the Bible calls that fellowship. Um, and that's something that, again, is part of being the church. It's who we are. So we're, we're known to be a, a people who are different and we have this eternal perspective that helps us to look at the world with a, um, I guess, as much as we are able to, through God's enabling, a long-term view. Um, and it should affect how we, how we live. Now, so... Yeah, that's that's a that's our very basic overview of of what is the church, or mo- or actually that's the wrong question. Remember, is who is the church? It's the people. But if we look back over these last um, two years, we've it's been it's been it's been difficult, hasn't it, Helen?
1: Yes, it has been it has been very difficult. I certainly personally have found it extremely difficult.
0: Yeah. I I mean we, I think we've we've touched on this in previous podcasts so we don't want to spend too much time going over over previous things but you know when 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 the whole covid pandemic thing started back in um March in 2020 certainly certainly in our church you know, we know didn't know didn't know what this was and and how bad it or not it was going to be so you know, we closed the doors obediently we bought the world's last webcam to to bring church online and um and thought that that would be it for 3 weeks <laughs> sadly it wasn't it wasn't and i think us us certainly for for our church you know we we complied to start with and we kept complying in all honesty um but with hindsight with the benefit of hindsight we sh- we should have been a, I think we should have handled things differently, and um, I know there are churches who did that. There's a church in Liverpool actually that didn't shut there their doors at all. Yeah, and they gr- they've grown. There are a few. They've grown. They're ama- It's amazing.
1: Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, there were there was very little pushback. I was very surprised about that. Quite shocked actually. Um, much of the church and church leadership. Um, seemed seemed quite happy really to close their doors uh to be classed alongside cinemas and casinos and whatever else as non-essential whilst the supermarkets stayed open um yeah which struck me as um you know it's it's food for the body is important but food for the soul is not and actually people increasingly as the weeks went by it was very clear people were hurting and and some getting quite desperate and it it felt to me like the church had closed its doors and I think what upset me the most I've heard a number of people who aren't Christians um some of whom are sympathetic and mm. and looked to the church in difficult times and felt and that's how they describe it as the church had shut the door yeah that they, they didn't feel welcome, they didn't know where to go. And even later on, when doors were open, what they discovered when they went was as much, if not more, fear than they were witnessing in the world around them. And they were wanting to find hope and something different. Um, and I think that's really sad.
0: Yeah, it, it, it wasn't... I don't think, as a general generalisation... And there are obviously amazing exceptions to this. Um, it wasn't our finest hour. Certainly, certainly for the church I'm a part of, it wasn't our finest hour. And th- and that wasn't that wasn't down to intentional wanting to do things badly. I think it was a lot of it is down to the fact that we haven't grasped who we are. We haven't understood our mission. We haven't and we haven't let that sink into our soul and affect how how we live. We, we it's all too easy to be more like a club, and there's you know, like I said, fellowship is really important as part of the church, and we want it to be a place where we go and we feel welcomed and we can relate to people. That's important, of course, it is, but there is more to it than that. Um, and, yeah, we, we we should have been providing that leadership and we should have been saying, actually, we're going to keep our doors open because we're going to be praying. We're going to be having a door open for prayer. People want to come in, they can pray. And yeah. we are going to continue to worship together on a Sunday because we, God tells us very clearly we should, we should do that. Um, we shouldn't give up the habit of meeting with one another, as it says in Hebrews. And we should be worshiping him because that's you know when Jesus was going on on the donkey into Jerusalem and they were saying oh be quiet you're saying if you tell the kids to be quiet the stones will cry out you know so that's that's the reality of our our situation um, and I think yeah we we have to we have to learn the lessons here
1: don't we? Yes, de- definitely, and if you think about it what were certainly in the height of when things were were really bad and lots of people were very scared so what were they scared about they were scared about dying mm. so there was fear and and fear of death everywhere and surely that's that there's two of the biggest things that the church has something to say about yeah <laughs> we, yeah. we yeah. have a lot to say about mortality about um about what Jesus has bought for us, which is, is eternal life. Yeah. The hope, the certain hope of eternal life. So, um, and and the other issue is fear, which we've talked about before. And the Bible has more to say about fear than, than almost anything else. Do not be afraid. We're constantly told to not fear. In fact, the only fear that we're told to have is fear. Fear of God, which that's is not right. a, a being frightened of God, um, in Proverbs nine it says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom."
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although so the
1: church has huge amounts to say into the situation that that many people were facing, and I, I didn't hear it.
0: Yeah, it, it it is that is that is the case, isn't it? Um, yeah, I. <sighs> We had this golden, no, that's the wrong phrase. I was going to say golden opportunity. That's the wrong phrase. We had this op- this um, profound opportunity to, like you say, when, when people were af- particularly afraid of death, um, the church has this opportunity to say, well, yes, you know, don't be afraid. But more importantly than that, do you know where you're going when you die? Do you... Do you know? Do you know that there is an eternity? Do you know that actually um, there is there is a God who's made it possible possible for you to be saved, to be rescued from uh, an eternity away from Him, an eternity in hell? You know, I mean, th- this was our our amazing opportunity, mm-hmm. and um, again, I think we talked about this in the past, but um, with the the account of the ta- the Tower of Siloam, which um, collapsed and, and people died and and when people said you know taught, when Jesus mentioned that he said basically unless you too repent to those people that are listen, listening to him you too will also perish which is kind of not what you'd expect Jesus to say. you Today in 21st century Britain we would expect Jesus to to be really um, sympathetic and and to and to say, well, that was really that was really bad. But Jesus goes straight to the most important thing, which is what happens when you die. I'm here to save you, and you mm. can be saved. And as a church, I mean, like you said, Helen, this was our this was our amazing opportunity, and yeah. um, I don't think we made what we should have made of it. Um, no, and, sadly. and
1: also I think to speak life, you know, Jesus said he he came to bring life in all its fullness um he said i'm the way the truth and the life and um you know i've seen so many people who and some who still are so fearful they're not living life and that's really sad and that's the amazing thing as christians that we we know god has given us this life and he's given it to us to live to the full for him mm. so we don't need to be fearing we know we are mortal human beings and the one certainty is death we will die at some point but we can trust God with that yes. we don't know when it's going to be yeah I don't know when how long I've got I may be run over by a bus tomorrow I may live for another 20 years I may live for another 40 years I don't know but I can trust God with that and I don't need to worry about that I, what I need to do is focus on living my life yeah. and making the most of every day that I have. Yeah in the certain hope, I know where I'm heading. I know that one day I will be for eternity with my Lord in heaven. So I have that to look forward to and in the meantime, I can make the most of my life here on earth. Yeah, isn't that a great message?
0: it is it is a it's a profoundly I great it message. Is. it's a message it's a message of of hope. That is both realistic and fantastic at the same time. It's realistic because we acknowledge that we don't know when we're going to die and but we do know that we're all going to die unless, you know Jesus comes back first. Um, and we but we also have this fantastic element of it, which is there is an eternity. So that knowledge of the eternity helps me live my life now in such a way, that um that is is profoundly different to what anything the world can offer um because you know, as christians we can't outnice the world you you, um, you know this idea that um well that person must be a christian because they're so nice is just nonsense people of no faith can be incredibly nice and do incredibly nice, good things for other people. It's not a Christian distinctive. It should be part of a Christian's life, of course, don't get me wrong. But we've we've got to be thinking, well, there's more here, isn't there? There's more. There's a faith in the eternal hope that I have that affects the life I live now. And this is where we need to do this together as the church, as that body of regenerate people who belong to God. And, um, I, yeah, we, we dropped the ball basically mm. big time. Mm. And, um, I think that that would be something, should be something we cannot allow to happen again. You know, it, it, it was interesting in, in my, in my, my own church, um, we've had um our old friend the face mask in there for for a long time and last uh la- last last Sunday there was well I don't I don't recall seeing anybody in a face mask and it was the first time that I've been in my church for over well not quite 2 years but coming up to 2 years where it felt like you know, early March, late February, twenty twenty, where it just felt relatively normal again, and that was because there were people in there where you could see their faces, and there wasn't this this horrendous, you know, covering on their on their face, and it it was it was a good it was a good thing, but we should have been doing that. Well, we should have been doing it all the way through, basically. Yeah, um, I mean, for I the majority of us, back- anyway
1: yeah back in um december well like i couldn't go to church when when the rules came back in about wearing face masks we have a pub nearly next door to our church and i'm afraid (laughs) that to be able to go into that pub do whatever i like and not wear a face mask and yet go next door into church and be expected to it was just that's well that's just complete and utter nonsense isn't it
0: it's it, it it's really it's just really sad yeah it's really sad because it it we are a people of faith we are a people who profess to believe in god and trust in god and um i think we need to you know we we show that in our physical actions in 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 what we do um the two the two always go hand in hand um and i think that that yeah it, it it's a and the whole the whole masking, I think we t- touched on before. So we don't want to kind of go over old things we've done before. But um, it was, and sh- while well, it was, it still is, is a matter of conscience, and it's a matter of conscience yeah. before God, um, which is important to remember. It's like what do you, wh- whatever you're doing as a Christian, whether it's you know wearing a face mask or it could be something completely different. The, a good question to ask is, why am I doing this? Is it mm-hmm. out of co- good conscience before God, or is it? Because I have been coerced or, um, I don't know, convinced to do this by somebody else. And that's always a helpful way, I think, to to look at these things. Um,
1: Yeah, definitely. And ultimately, uh, we have to have God as our ultimate authority. Ultimately, I am answerable to God. Yes. Not to Boris Johnson, not to any leader. But I'm ultimately answerable to God. And of course, I take seriously the laws of the land and, um, you know, all of those things that are in place. And as a general rule, I will obey all of those. But there comes a time where sometimes I may have to say, well, if those go against what I believe God says or what I believe God is telling me to do in my life, then I have to be prepared to follow God first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we you know we talked about everything that's happening in in Ukraine at the moment and one of the the churches that is is quite prominent in Ukraine is the Baptist Church and they they've been there a long time and under communism because Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union the Baptist Church had a hard time and Christians knew what it meant to live under the threat of persecution and, and having to um, find a way to, to honour God in, in a country where they weren't able to do that very easily. And at times it, it was very, very costly. And I think that that has now, actually with the church in Ukraine, from reports that, you know, few reports have come through, that means they're they're emboldened now to 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 yeah. physically do things for other people which are dangerous do do carry great um risk with them because they they're living it out they're, they're living out that um i you know i believe in god i trust in the lord jesus christ and i know that there is an eternity for me and however long i have left in this life I'm going to live it for God that doesn't mean to say you're not going to be really scared that doesn't mean to say you're not going to be frightened or feel any of the emotions you feel as a human of course we'd feel those but they're I think a really good reminder to us aren't they Um, Mm. and we could learn a lot from that I think as Christians in the West we can and should learn a lot from what we call the persecuted church which currently is not in the West but I think that will change I think that will change yeah,
1: Definitely, I think that's it's really important to to learn those lessons and one of the things that I find really frustrating in our culture is this obsession with safetyism for example mm. um, and the safest or what's perceived to be the safest course of action isn't always the right course of action it isn't always the best course of action um, and certainly for those Christians in the persecuted church and, and, you know, we know of examples in Ukraine where this is the case, where it may well be the safest course of action is to flee, to yeah. leave.
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: if Christians are feeling called by God to stay, to serve the people who, who maybe can't escape or who, who feel that they need to stay, well, that's not necessarily the safest course of action um but but they believe it's the right course of action
0: yeah yeah and and that and we you if you look in the in in the book of revelation last book in the bible you you have the letters near the beginning of it the letters of seven churches and and, and in those letters you have often have this picture of of standing firm when it's difficult you know mm. you keep going and um I get that it's easy to say this when we're currently not in that situation. I, I yeah, I can appreciate that. But equally, we 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 have had this kind of self-inflicted um errors perhaps from the last 2 years that we have experienced in in this country which we need to learn from and we need to say and we can't let that let that happen again um, and given that this this week has been a momentous week in, in world history um, for, for what's happening like we said in Ukraine it's very striking how Covid has just completely well you could be forgiven for thinking it, it's, it's disappeared couldn't you if you look at the news
1: disappeared from the news
0: mm. yeah, yeah. And
1: interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is there's lots of talk as well on the news about um, standing up for democracy and standing up for freedom. <laughs> for
0: freedom. I mean, it kind of makes you choke a little Which, bit, doesn't it? With the same only people a few saying weeks this. ago,
1: we had truckers who were saying this is what we're standing for. and exactly. they were being denounced. So for example, Trudeau <laughs> denouncing them then, but now, He's got a lot to say about standing out for democracy and freedom.
0: And, and this is really important. It's like if, you're, if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, um, this is really, really important. History is important, even if it's the history of last week or last month or the last two years. We need to remember what has been said. We need to remember what's happened because that will help us understand What's coming, or potentially what's coming, so that we can we can we can be as ready as as we need to be. Um, and I th- you know, what's happened in Canada has has been awful. Um, but whilst it whilst like say Helen Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada has, has, has changed his uh, seemingly changed his tack all of a sudden to become pro pro freedom fighter, which is a bit bit bizarre for him. It hasn't gone away, what's happened with 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 the truckers. It hasn't hasn't suddenly just disappeared. And we as Christians we need to we need to remember this. We need to just not hold tightly but just hold lightly these ideas. Um so we we've talked about some kind of unhealthy norms that that we we well we don't want them to be norms, do we? That should be challenged. And this is linked into this because these things, if we're not careful, we'll just allow them just to seep into how we do, how we do our life and, and how we let these things into church. Um, so what have we got on here? We've got things like, um, yeah, I mean, this is going back, this is this is COVID specific, of course, but, you know, you've got to wear a mask or you might have to get tested if you're not, um, don't have any kind of symptoms Um be complying with every single rule that comes out whether it makes sense or not um this idea of getting ill is is somebody else's fault these these are things that could kind of slip in aren't they Helen I think and just become part of our way of doing life
1: yeah yeah I think it's I I I hope I hope that it doesn't um but I found it quite disturbing over the last two years when um you know, it's become something to talk about all the time. About, you know, if you if you get ill, well, I must have caught that from someone. It's mm. someone's fault. I need to report that. I need to work out where I got it and tell all those people. And um, we we've not dealt with illness like that before. And it, I think, that's a very unhealthy thing. And I hope that doesn't carry on as and as a norm. It's it's not helpful. It's not healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, we can catch things. Anywhere, anytime, and it certainly shouldn't be. We shouldn't be thinking, "Well, whose fault is it?" It's not anybody's fault that you catch a respiratory virus. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, and and it's it's. I think it's. I mean, I've not seen this in you know my my church, Um, but I think the point the point is 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 to watch for this kind of mindset to to allow it to take 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 hold and to allow it inadvertently to become part of you know part of just church life like for a, for a time you know church church life could have been go to church you scan yourself in you wear a mask you don't sing you don't talk to anybody you leave as soon as the church is over you know that that could have that that's not that's not doing church so we got yeah. At the point, the point we're trying to make is you have got to look at what's happened and um, and learn from it because it's very easy, especially in our fast-paced news environment, for things to be forgotten. And our attention span today is not great. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does this make sense? Certainly it's, it's it, true. We're going yeah. we're going in a kind of circuitous route around this whole topic, but we've got to remember what's happened what's gone before whether it's last week or 2 weeks ago or last year hold it lightly but remember it because yeah. that helps us to make sure that we've got our head screwed on so to speak yeah. as we go forwards because it's not it's not going to get easier
1: <laughs> no and I think it's very important for us as the church and as the people of the church to not be just swayed with every every changing that you know things change in the news in society week by week and we shouldn't be just constantly being battered from side to side by whatever the latest thing is and certainly not the latest government policy or um you know the church is not there to be like i think you said before an echo chamber of government health policy that's not what it's there for
0: no Definitely um, not,
1: and it, it, you know, I, I'm not wanting to be going to church, hearing more of what I'm here from politicians or whatever. It's not what I'm going for.
0: And that that's that's a really good point, actually, because that is that sometimes is all too easy to happen. Is is for church to become, and like I say, we're not trying. The, the, we want to just remind our listeners that that we're not here to be. Critical. We're trying. We are you and I, Helen. We're part of the church. This is we're trying to mm-hmm. we're trying to unravel, and understand, and think. Okay, where have we gone wrong? How do we do this differently? But the the job of the church is to is is the Great Commission. Go out, make disciples, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. go, go and do this. Go and go and do, tell. You know, come. Tell people about what Jesus commanded them to do. That's what we're there to do. This is our mission. This is a amazing opportunity that God has given us. And um it's all too easy, like yeah, to just miss that. So Helen, what what about going forwards? What 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 positives can we take from this if we're gonna go forwards? What do we do we think?
1: Well, I think there's I think there's lots of positives and lots of positive things that we we should be doing but the first one i'm going to suggest won't sound terribly positive but i think it's essential um i think it's essential for us all as individual christians we know it's really important we don't we don't obsess about our sin but we recognize that we are all sinners that we get things wrong and so we're called jesus calls us to repent he calls us to recognize our sin Mm -hmm. and to give that over to him to say we're sorry and then we move on and he offers us forgiveness um and i think that's what the church needs to do i think as the church we need to repent for the things that we've got wrong and where our behavior has has been wrong i think to to move forward that's what we need to do We've let people down.
0: Yeah, and, and we
1: need to say sorry for that.
0: And that's a tall order, isn't it? Because yeah. I think in order to to repent, you have to understand where you've gone wrong. Yeah, and, and, and that, that requires uh, humility. It does require humility, and, and that, that is that that is a challenge with this. Um, but it's not. We it's not. I don't think it, it, it it's not our job to go and make other people repent it 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 starts with it starts with us um but but you know yeah it a is that is it that is a good that is a good observation um but it would it yeah i i hope that i hope that as as the church in this country we we can become a little more discerning and a little more um Just thinking things through a little bit from a biblical point of view, you know what does the Bible say? Like you were saying, Helen, at the beginning, what what God's Word has lots to say about pretty much every situation in life, almost, you know. And Mm -hmm. what what does the Bible say about this? How do we bring this to bear? And prayerfully seeking how how we how we apply that, um, rather than going for the expedient option, which is to Side with the world, I think, um, and that that's really hard to do. That is really hard to do. Um, what else have we got then in terms of going forward? That's repentance. That's a big one. Yeah, that's yeah, one to pray well, about. I
1: think there's um, making up for lost time, speaking boldly into into the situation. There's still plenty of time to do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there's a, there's a lot of people who are still fearful on there now. Yes. Um, I mean. It's a double, we use this phrase a lot, double, double whammy. So people have been fearful of COVID and probably maybe some still are. And then the whole world situation, as we said, in Ukraine, but it could be, could be somewhere else, to be honest, but it's currently in Ukraine. That can add to people's concern. Uh, and again, the church, we have this message of hope, which is profound. And like you yeah. say, we need to speak speak boldly, speak it boldly
1: definitely we need to to counter the fear narrative yeah um and we need to speak up we should have been speaking up for the poor the young those without a voice the oppressed the vulnerable
0: yeah yeah
1: it's really important that we do do that
0: and and as a church we 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 can i think we can get better at this and we should get better at this um Take a different issue like abortion. The church is mm. is generally, in my experience, anyway, and again, I know there'll be exceptions to this, but in my experience, is virtually silent on it. Mm. And I I struggle to see as a Christian that how we can claim any kind of um any kind of you know favor from God on this country. When, when this country alone—forget the rest of the world—when this country alone does unspeakable things to a, an unborn life, I mean, mm. and the church, we need to speak into that. We need to yeah, have a voice. We need to, it. we need to be saying something. Yeah, it's, it, we it, do. It, because, because the judgment of God is inevitable, and. <laughs> We're here it's su- it's to such... warn and to point others to to that means of rescue.
1: Yeah, it's such, I mean, we could, we probably ought to do a podcast on this as a topic on its own, but it, it's it's such a big deal. You know, not only are there very, very many babies' lives that are being taken every year, but there are also there are very many women who are suffering massive trauma, yeah. and men as well yeah yeah um it's a, it's a huge deal and we're just it's cowardly to to say nothing and to just not talk about it
0: i th- i think w- what it is is that it's it's deemed as what you might term as pastorally very sensitive which it is
1: of course.
0: Um, however, that can be used and I believe is used as a reason why it's not talked about. Yeah. And that that's not right. That's not mm-hmm. right um, because, yeah, we have to find a way to, to do this. And there's a fantastic organisation called Brefos who who do some amazing work in this area um, and I'd encourage you to go and check them out and support them. Um, but yeah, I slightly slightly off topic, but I think that was, that was really, really important. I mean, I was reading in uh, Matthew 24, I think it is, where Jesus is talking about signs of the end of the age and he says about wars and rumours of wars and he says, don't be alarmed. And he says, these things must come. They are the start of the birth pains. And so when we see things like COVID or when we see things like what's happening in Ukraine, we look to the Bible and we say, well, you know what? Jesus actually warned us about this. Not that we would be afraid, but that we would be ready and that we can remind ourselves that he's coming back and that he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he will do government well and properly as it should be done mm. when he returns. And this is this amazing message that only the Church has. Yeah. And we've got a, we've we've got a, we've got to be bold. We've got to help one another do this because it's difficult to do it on your own. Um, yes. Isn't it? I think we need.
1: That's we- why. That's why we have church. That's why God. God made us for community and he he made us to be together and work together and that's really important.
0: Yeah. Um so kind of coming in into uh towards the end now. Do you want do you want to say anything about um looking at our our notes for our podcast here about um the misused word
1: um yeah, although before I do that, there's just one other thing I was just thinking. I think it's really important that we as well as church that we question and we speak the truth. Mm. And oh, I've been thinking about this quite a lot recently. Um and and that's that's just I just think that's so important. And that's what the world needs to hear is the truth in all things. And that's what we have to offer. Jesus is the truth. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot talked about, hasn't there been talked about recently about, um, you know, who can we trust? Can we trust politicians? You know, one thing, we'll be told one thing and then, you know, a few weeks later we find that we've been lied to or that it wasn't actually true or, you know, behaviour there you know, it's been hypocritical. Um, I think people are desperate for truth.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: and that's what, why it's really important for us to seek the truth and to speak the truth.
0: And pe- some people may need to be reminded and encouraged by the fact that there is something such as truth, because yes. in our in our kind of post truth culture, yes. where you know you have your truth and my truth and everybody has their version of truth, and there's certainly no such thing as absolute truth people are confused and yeah. it, and we again we can say well yes there is such a thing as
1: that's where we need to speak boldly truth. yeah speak say, boldly there yeah. is absolute truth
0: yeah 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 it's always it's always like that question when you when you when you ask somebody um do you do, do you believe in god which i've i, I find that I often think about that question, I think that's just the wrong question to ask somebody because you're implying, what you're implying in that question is, is if they say, no I don't believe in God, then what they're saying is, God's existence is dependent upon my belief in him and because I don't believe in him, therefore he doesn't exist. I think the the other, the question we probably should be asking, and maybe there's a better way to word this, is do you, do you accept the existence of God, or do you acknowledge who God is? Um, and you know, we've got to find a way to get people back to this idea of truth. And um, I think that's a really good call: is to speak boldly, and uh, yeah, be uh, be bold. That's what we should be doing. Mm.
1: And people I think people are interested. If people weren't interested, then you wouldn't have millions of people listening to what Jordan Peterson has to say on the book of Genesis in the yeah. Bible.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. That <laughs> that yes, because we are that's how we're wired. That's how God's made us as people. He's made us as seekers of, of truth, which is ultimately seekers of himself. Jesus, mm. like you said Helen, he's the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is the son of God. And, yeah. Okay. So, and I mentioned the terribly misunderstood word. Did you want to talk about that or, or not?
1: Uh Yes. Well, yeah. Now I that, thinking... that we've talked
0: about it, we have to talk about it.
1: We have to talk about <laughs> it, Otherwise people yeah. will
0: be, will have I'm thousands of letters saying, what is word. a misunderstood word?
1: <laughs> well, shall we save that for next time? No. <laughs> the terribly misunderstood understood and misused word, I think, is is love. Hmm. And I think that has been and perhaps is part of the problem that we struggle with as the church. You know, we know that we we need to love one another. But I think sometimes we don't properly understand what love is. Yes. Um, God is love. And I don't see that as some kind of fluffy, weak, passive word. Mhm. That's not how I see God. And that's not who Jesus was.
0: Mhm. Yeah.
1: So I see it as it involves devotion and strength and sacrifice. It's an active choice and it can be a harsh reality. Yeah. Love isn't always
0: easy yeah yeah i i i've i'm reminded by the fact that god god doesn't forgive us because he loves us god forgives us because he sent jesus to die on the cross to pay the price of our sin and he looks at jesus sacrifice he says that's sufficient Jesus is raised from the dead and that's why God forgives us and it's the cross that shows how much God loves us mm. and you get it that way round and, and it doesn't diminish love it magnifies it
1: mm.
0: and it's all those things you said you know, devotion, strength, sacrifice um, the cross was a harsh reality and I think yeah, that's a re that's a really, really, really good point. It's it's is showing it's showing trying to show as best as we can as 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 just people trying to magnify who God is, isn't it? <laughs> it's mm. Like yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well as as the church we are to be instruments of God's love. So that means doing all the things that I that I just mentioned um, I think the recognition of sin and the call to repentance which we talked about a bit mm-hmm. earlier yeah um, the choice to follow Jesus even if that means risking everything, mm. the hope and promise of eternal life all of these things come from love,
0: yeah 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 they do i think that's a really that is a really good a really good observation um
1: we've had we've had quite a lot of talk about loving your neighbor and it's been used sometimes i think in in a not terribly helpful way we've talked about before about you know loving your neighbor means you have a vaccine to love your neighbour. We've <laughs> yeah. questioned what that's supposed to mean. Um, mm, but I think that's well. the, the the dangerous path of this sort of fluffy, weak and worldly, passive idea of love. And I don't think that's that's what we're talking about here.
0: No. It, 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 there's a danger of sentiment, sentiment, sentimentality, isn't there, with, with love, um, which like you say it becomes a fluffy nice thing which lacks substance and depth and ultimately mm. fails to deliver what it should do because we've not actually understood it or grasped the magnitude of it mm. um yeah i think that that is that is a really good one and and when jesus talks about love it's it's sacrificial love isn't it it it's costs it costs mm. and it costs because it's worth it, but it costs because actually that's that's the nature of it. That's how you, yeah. you show it. And there's well, many to... Christians who do that. Unbelievably yeah. amazing.
1: We're called to love our enemy. Yes. And yeah. that's possibly one of the hardest things to be asked to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And pray for those who persecute you. Um, yeah, and that's important to remember. It's a good reminder. It's a good reminder because sometimes that's that's the last thing you feel like doing.
1: No, definitely. Um, and we can't do that in our own strength, can we? No, definitely so not. That's the thing. God calls us to these things that are that can be difficult and very challenging, but He promises to give us everything that we need to be able to do that. So yeah. He gives us His Holy Spirit. So that we are able to do things that are impossible for us in our own strength.
0: Yes. Yeah. And that that is a powerful witness, isn't it? That's a really powerful witness. Mm. Um. Right. Well, look. Shall we? Shall we stop at this point? Unless there's anything else you want to add. Of course. Uh, this.
1: No, I think that's enough for me.
0: This almost almost hour mark here. Um. So we've done. Yeah, we've done a done a. An overview, I suppose, uh, of, of what or who is the church, our mission. and um, touched on some of the things we didn't get particularly right in the last two years and some things we could do do differently. Um, but we hope that this is an encouragement uh, to you. Um, if nothing else, an encouragement to consider things fully for yourself, to, to think them through carefully, to always weigh up what you're told. Um and uh, don't take our word for it. Look into it yourself. You know, read your Bible. Um, think about what's been sent your way over the news channels. However, you get your news, always, always weigh it up and, and look look at it with that uh, eternal perspective. If you are a believer, and if you're listening to this, you're not a Christian. Well, we just encourage you to just think about the bigger issues of of life. I think uh, there's nothing more important than um, than considering eternity. I think. Cool. Right. Well, Definitely. we'll end there. Okay. Yep. See you.
1: See you next time. Bye. The
0: Owl and the Badger